Welcome to Talking to Myself. I am Myra Kay, and I'm here with Hanky Quattro and Chip. I am a 20-plus year communication professor who doesn't profess to know it all, hence the name Talking to Myself, because I will walk right out of these doors and do everything wrong. Well, hello, hello, hello. Today we are going to do some Dear Abby stuff. And I didn't even realize that the boys didn't know who Dear Abby was. I said, do you know who Dear Abby is? They were like, who? But if you don't know, now you know Dear Abby was an advice columnist. So people would send in letters to her and say, hey, Dear Abby, my husband is doing this. What should I do? Dear Abby would give them advice. And I guess they would or would not do it. And in some places, Dear Abby still exists, though she's been long gone dead. Someone still picks up the slack and answers these letters. So I thought today we would kind of do a Dear Talking to Myself and we would give out some advice. So the first piece that I have here is an actual situation. It's not made up. No, I did not make this up. This is an actual situation that one of my students has, and I've changed the names to protect the innocent. All right, guys, listen up. Bob and Susan are engaged to be married. Bob gets the mumps, okay? So his doctor says, Bob, you have the mumps. There is a chance that you might not be able to have children because when you get the mumps, it could affect your reproduction. And so he's like, okay, let me go talk to Susan, my fiance. So he goes to Susan and he says, Susan, I had, you know, I had the mumps. I went to the doctor and he said, there's a chance I might not be able to have kids. You know, what's up? How do you feel about it? And Susan was like, okay. But for real, for real, in the back of her mind, she wasn't like, okay, because you know, having kids had been a big part of her plans and her life. So even though she said, okay, she kind of wasn't okay. So anyway, fast forward like two weeks later and she's in a coffee shop and she's looking all down and she's looking all sad. And this chick named Melanie comes in who is Susan's friend. And so Melanie is like, what's wrong, Susan? You look sad. And she's like, well, and so she tells her the whole thing about, you know, Bob, her fiance, and him having a mumps, probably can't have no kids, blah, blah, blah. So then Melanie says, you know, I got an idea. Why don't you go ahead and hook up with his brother, Bill, okay? Because then that way, if you get pregnant by Bill, the DNA will be similar, you know? And then maybe he'll never know. And I tell you what, I'll take it a step further. I'll even hook it up. I'll get it all set up, and you won't have to do anything. So right then and there, you know, Susan's like, bet, okay, go ahead and hook it up. So then Melanie hooks it up for Susan to get it on with her fiance's brother. So she calls him up and he's like, okay, I'm, okay, I'm cool, I'm cool. But it's supposed, we're gonna keep this all a secret from Bob. We're not gonna tell Bob that we're doing this. And he's like, okay, that's cool. So anyway, fast forward, I guess a couple weeks later, Bob, the, that's the fiance, Melanie and Bill go out drinking and they get drunk. And of course they get drunk and Melanie lets it slip Mm. and she lets Bob know that Bill and Susan have been messing around and that the plan was for Susan to get pregnant by Bill because you know of the whole chance that Bob can't have no kids so Bob is upset he gets his phone out and he calls Susan and he's like you know what bump it the wedding is off we ain't getting married 
right? And then Bill was like, give me the phone. And he was like, and if you are pregnant, so what? I never want to hear from you again because but I don't even want to deal with you. So then she's all brokenhearted and she's sick about it because she doesn't know if she's going to be pregnant or not because it's like, you know, like two weeks in, she's not sure. So then I don't know how it got out in the streets, but it did. So then this dude named Evan, who she used to deal with, says he calls her maybe like three or so weeks in. He's like, hey, I heard the news. He was like, um, listen, I got a proposition for you. I will marry you. And I understand your situation. Um, all you have to do is cook and clean for me and just, you know, go on some appearances. I have to go to a lot of dinner parties with, you know, stuff. I need a, a, a person with me. Pretend like we are a happy couple. Um, of course, I have health insurance. I'll be able to supply you with that along with the baby if, if you happen to be pregnant. And we will be married in name only. And so then, of course, Susan agrees. Mm -hmm. So who do you think is most wrong in this scenario. So Hanky, who do you think is the most wrong? Is Bob the most wrong? Susan the most wrong? Melanie or Bill or even Evan? Who do you think is the most wrong in this situation? Nah, it's Bill. I mean, if Bill's his brother. I mean, his brother should definitely tell him, like, hey, this is what's going on. They're trying to play in this, like, whoop de whoop, like, that's his brother. It's Bill is in the wrong. Bill shouldn't have did nothing from the jump. <laughs> so Bill. when Melanie called Bill, like, hey, I got a deal for you. Yeah, it's Bill. I mean, I understand. Man. I understand. I mean, Melanie is in the, Melanie in the wrong. Melanie is in the wrong, but it's Bill for real because it's Bill. It's Bill. Okay. Bill could have ended it right there. So. Okay, so Bill should have ever done it. Okay. Yeah. Chip, what do you think? Yeah, it was definitely Bill because, like, the thing that really threw me off was the fact that he was, like, kind of getting mad at Susan. Like, he knew what was going on. <laughs> Right, that was me. I'm like, okay, it takes two to tango, you know. Right. So it's not like she did it on her own. He agreed to it. You know, yeah. it wasn't like she was just like, okay, I'm going to take this from you, Bill, and you don't even know what's going on. You know exactly what you're doing to your brother, you right. know. Right. And, you know, the thing, the person who was in my class was actually Melanie. Melanie was in my class, and she was the one who was telling the story, letting everybody know, you know, what exactly happened. And from her stance, she was like, well, I was just trying to help out. She, because from reading the story, she sounds like a very, I don't know, kind of vindictive person in a way. She kind of sounds like the kind of person who's just like starting trouble. She's um, trying to break up folks. And some people would even say that maybe she's trying to get with Bob. You know, maybe she's interested in Bob, you know, because right. some people would say that she is the one who created the problem. And then she also broke the prop, broke it all down. You know, so some people would even say that she's the one who's, you know, responsible for everything. You created it and then you broke it all up. But to me, it's if you took action. I mean, you didn't nobody tell you to do any of it, you know, so you are the one at fault. But why would you pick just I'm just throwing, just because I'm thinking about it, why did y'all pick Bill as being more wrong than Susan? Because Susan took the steps too. They both yeah. took the steps. So what made him more wrong than her? Because Bill could have stopped it. Bill could have stopped it. I mean, they got. But the, she could have told. She could have told Melanie no. She could have. She could have cut it off when Melanie was like, "Hey, you know what? Let me call Bill." You know Still, what I mean? I mean, Bill, Bill could have stopped it. I mean, Bill, <laughs> yeah, I feel Bill like a lot of it could have been prevented if Bill would have just ended it right there. It. 
So you think Melanie was, I'm sorry, do you think Susan was just like weak-minded? They had their own agenda. They had their own agenda. They wanted their own thing. They wanted to have their own thing done. But, you know, Bill could have stopped it on a, on a different side. Like, no, like, I'm not doing this. Okay. Because Susan's whole thing was that she wanted to have kids, and that was his brother, so they were going to have the same DNA. Yeah. And who else was she going to have a baby with? Okay. So you so. think hers was like a personal agenda. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't really, and it's different when you, it's blood. I think that's where I would stand too. It's like, okay, Susan, okay, you were going to marry her. Y'all aren't blood, but I mean, Bill, that is your brother. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a deeper connection. You shouldn't have taken that step. You know, that should have been cut off the minute Melanie called. You should have been like, nah, I ain't going to do that. Right. Okay, got you. Some good advice, guys. So, here is the second real-life situation. There's a young lady. She's 23 years old. And she met this guy online who she's been talking to for seven days. And within that seven-day period, the conversations got really sexual quickly. And he lived probably about 1,500 miles away from her. So, anyway, because it got sexual quickly, they wanted to meet. And so he was, I guess, really open to her coming to meet him. And this is a really important piece, but it doesn't make sense to me. She said he talked about cleaning up his living room to meet her, not his bedroom, not the kitchen, his living room, for whatever reason. And so she was like really excited about that. And so she bought this ticket to meet him and it came to about $300, just one way, because he was gonna pay for her to go back. So she only bought a one-way ticket and then he was gonna pay for her to go back. And so, you can tell, at least to me, by the screenshot of the text messages that she that I saw, it was like he was ghosting her early on, which should have been a red flag. Like she was like, hey, I got my ticket. Are you going to be off all week? And then she wouldn't hear anything from him, you know, but she would keep texting him and then she put question marks. And then finally he would say something. But she she should have known to me based on the ghosting on the on the texting. But anyway, she goes and she flies to wherever he is. She says she talked to him the day that she left. She gets to the airport. She calls him to pick her up and he blocks her number. Like she cannot get in contact with him. Mm -hmm. And she met him through some kind of group of maybe friends. And so she had one of the friends in the group to contact him because she's stuck at an airport in his city. So one of the friends tried to contact him. He blocks that person. Another friend tries to contact him from the group. He blocks that person. So she's like, I'm stuck in this airport. And this is what's really crazy to me. I have no money. I have no um, ticket to get back home. Mm -hmm. I have no place to stay. Because again, she's relying on him to fly her back home. She's relying on him to supply her with a place to stay. I guess food too. So she didn't know she didn't know what to do. So anyway, one of the people who were in this group was like, "Well, I have a friend who lives in that same city. Maybe they can come and get you, and maybe you can stay with them for like three days or whatever, however much the time was. And maybe by then you can scrape up enough money to get yourself back home." And so that's what she did. She ended up doing all that. So. Anyway, when someone finally did get in contact with this guy, they were like, well, why did you do it? Why did you, like, all of a sudden just, you know, ghost her and just leave her at the airport like that and just never contact her? He was like, well, I don't really know who she was. So I, I just, like, just left it hanging. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? What what do you, Whose fault was it? Who was wrong? Do you think she was wrong? He, he was wrong? Where did it, it fall apart? Chippy, what do you think? Um, I think he was wrong. I think 
I mean, I don't know why he would even start with all that stuff when he didn't even know her like that. So. Oh, okay. Okay, so you think that even he, even though he was like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, he should he should have not even started with anything. Yeah, it was a waste of time. Oh, okay, okay. Hanky, what do you think? I feel like it's a it was both sides, but I mean, like the guy <laughs> the guy definitely initiated it, and I mean, like he shouldn't have been playing like that, but. I also think it's her for just going falling for like uh, I mean no going up there with no money no flight yeah, back like yeah. it's just I don't know it's really just doesn't make sense to me so and that's what I felt was really irresponsible on her part it's like I know you're 23 years old but I mean dang I mean why would you go out of town 1500 miles away with no money right you can't get back you don't know where you're gonna stay you're not on your turf. You don't know your way around. I mean, why would you put yourself in that kind of position? A, that's really bad. Two, you don't know this man. He could be married, which sounds like he was married because he just, like, dropped it. He mm-hmm. probably had a wife and kids. You can't stay at his place when he got a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about him after seven days. I mean, that's really ridiculous to me that she would even put herself in that position. And then who buys a one-way ticket? It's like... Yeah. right. You know, if he wants you to come, then he needs to be paying for you a round-trip ticket, you know, right. before you even decide to get on the flight. And even when I said I looked, saw those screenshots, she had a lot of red flags. I mean, she just must have been like, oh, I love red. Red's my favorite color. Because she had some red flags that should let her know, this ain't, this ain't what's up. I should really leave this guy alone. But I guess, you know, people get so lonely, desperate maybe? I don't know, that they just don't pay attention to a lot of the stuff that they need to be paying attention to. Because that would, she really could have got killed. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, I mean, really, she got out easy. Yeah. She got out easy. She got lucky. She paid 300 bucks for a ticket. Her friend had somebody she could stay with. But this could have ended up so much worse. With human trafficking, somebody could have killed her. Absolutely. She didn't know. She, I mean, she just walked into a death trap, but she just got lucky. So that's what that's what really kills me about this. And then she um, put it on Twitter. And people were, I don't know why she put it on Twitter. I don't know what she was expecting to get from it, like some kind of support. People were like, nah, dog, that's on you. I mean, yeah, you put yourself out there like that. You're going to have to be a little bit smarter than what you than what you did to yourself. Absolutely. So anyway, guys, so that's what we, we, we hope you liked it today. But I do want to make up one other little piece about this. I don't know if you saw it or not, but the debates, the vice presidential debates, happened um, just this week, just last week. And to me, the debates really represented a microcosm of just the life of a black woman, you know, because as black women, we constantly deal with spoiled white men who know so much less than we do. We are always compelled to just kind of hold our nonverbals back. You know, we know that we have to watch our voice. We have to smile because if we don't, we are going to be called the angry black woman and we may not get that position that we know we are qualified for or we may not even get your vote. So we have to watch all of those things. Also in this debate, we learned that white women won't have our backs and they don't have our backs. They let white men walk all over us. They let white men talk all over us and lie on us. Also, that when we politely ask white women to please help us, give us equal time, help us in expressing our voice, they then take out their fingers and wag them in our faces. And throughout this debate, I looked at Kamala 
And I could see in her eyes as she looked at the moderator, like, can you please help me? The moderator continued to give Mike Pence more time and more space. So it is sad but true. And much of what I saw and probably most black women saw is something that only black women see. And with that, we'll be black next week. Peace. Thank you.